gentlemen, the show is about to start in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. He'll be found on the mountain. Time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Built by the Barnumidium Company, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and part of the Chief Sports Network. Juice Wells, all the way, touchdown Gamecocks. Pressure, and he just dives in. All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios and built by the Barndo Co. And now served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. If you have never tried it, boy, are you missing out. Chicken Cock Whiskey, you can head to their website and find it near you in a liquor store and probably more depending on where you live. But um, we are thrilled to be partnered with them throughout football season and long after that. And uh, you, if you're coming to the tailgate on Saturday before the North Carolina-South Carolina game, will have a chance to try some of it as they have been kind enough to send some up with us to the Queen City. Signorama is the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics. And you will see their work outside of Williams-Brice Stadium when you get there in just a couple of weeks. But prior to that, guys, we have a big game to talk about that's coming up on Saturday night. J.C., fresh off of a brand-new J.C. and Morgan that just aired on the Chief Sports app. Phil, or Mad Dog as we like to call him, and myself, J.B., joined here momentarily by Hale McGranahan of TheBigSpur.com. And coming up at noon, Power Hour with our friend Mike Morgan. Guys, it is uh, closer and closer. There's a hurricane that's about to hit Florida. Thoughts and prayers certainly with the West Coast of the Sunshine State, and then it'll make its way up to where we are here uh, along the coast of South Carolina. And uh, hopefully the rain and wind will will make its way in and make its way out quickly without a whole lot of damage. But uh, everybody take care of yourselves as it blows through. And then after it does, football kicks off. What's up, guys? Not much. Just got done with an epic J.C. and Morgan. Had a little James Brown segment James Brown. Jump back. Kiss your mama. Oh, yeah. James Brown. But, uh, yeah, a little James Brown segment called The Boss. Yeah, it was very good. And uh, nice uh, general college football talk. Um, Ready to kind of, you know, Dig in to this uh, battle of the border battle, battle of the Carolinas uh, on Saturday night. Uh, you just kind of feel it. Uh, I don't know that I was in the best mood yesterday. Uh, I don't know that I was 
feeling the holiday cheer, so to speak. You know, around Christmas time, sometimes you become like a, a Grinch or a Grump or something like that. Some days, you know, I, 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 I wasn't feeling it. Well, this morning I got up, sun was a little brighter, you know, iced tea was a little, little more cold in the morning. I would say sweeter, but I don't drink sweet iced tea. Don't tell anybody that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, the, the wind was a little crisper. You know, and uh, and uh, you know, I'm starting to get ready for the game. I'm starting to get ready for the game. So uh, and and all that. Certainly, this weather down in Florida and Frank is down there. One of our uh, listeners, and we do have a lot of listeners in Tampa. I've I have a lot of Big Spur and Carolina Rise members in Tampa, in mm-hmm. that greater area. And certainly, we we wish the best for you. I know that hurricane when was it a couple of years ago really flooded some people out. So it's. Uh, it's uh you know something that certainly we're aware of here and we are uh really uh hoping maybe that thing doesn't turn and hit you maybe it's not as bad as it seems but certainly take care of yourself yeah no doubt frank uh we uh it looks like it's going to go by tampa and really more be coming on shore upwards uh, uh let's see east definitely east of apalachicola it looks like it's going to make landfall somewhere around cross city florida uh and then make its way through uh the kind of the northeastern part of the state you know the the northeastern part of the panhandle i guess i should say before it kind of clears its way on into georgia and here into uh south carolina so certainly thoughts and prayers with everybody as they go through this and it'll be out of here and then the good news is the game kick off on saturday and that's why hale mcgranahan is here because it's the tar heels in south carolina again in charlotte on Saturday night, Hale. Good to have you. I know you got to get to uh, to meet with players, and then ultimately Shane Beamer here in just a little over a couple of hours. The depth chart was released yesterday, and we'll start there with you. What caught your attention? Well, it's my favorite day of the year preseason depth chart. I guess you know first depth chart of the season. I always love it. And, and shout out to, to Shane Beamer for actually changing it uh, once the season gets going and and not leaving a, a guy who's a starter in the starting position after he goes down with an injury like we saw with, with the previous head coach here. But, yeah, what stood out to me was uh, <laughs> I found it interesting, first of all, that the offensive line didn't really different or didn't differentiate between uh, the tackles and the guards. Um, the uh, I guess the prevailing assumption on my end is that uh, Case and Henry and Tyshawn Wanamaker, who are, who are, you know, or there's an or between their names, are, are the right tackles and uh, Sidney Fugar and, and uh, Jackson Hughes are, are are the left tackles, but uh, I don't know. I, I I take some of that stuff with a grain of salt because I would imagine there's a little bit of gamesmanship involved if you're Shane Beamer. Like you don't want to show your entire hand. Uh, and I, it's a nice baseline to start, but like you look at the very top of the list on the offensive side, and you see Antoine Wells and, and Nick Harbour at the same position. I doubt uh, you know when they're both healthy and available to play. Whenever that is, I doubt we're going to see. Uh, only Nick Harbor on the field, only when, when Juice Wells is, is on the sideline. And, you know, Omega Blake has been the guy we've seen during camp uh, when, when Wells is down, has been down. And uh, that was even when, when Harbor was healthy. So I, I found that interesting, uh, you know, just some of that stuff. But, again, I, I don't want to read too much into it. I hope folks out there aren't, aren't reading too much into it as well. Uh, but I had a ton of surprises uh, if you've been following along through through the month of August and, and reading the Big Spur and, and listening to the show as, as we've kind of sliced and diced uh, things and and, and kind of tried to parse 
parse through, you know, practices and, and stuff that, that JC and Tony and Whittle and I have picked up uh, behind the scenes. Uh, there, there's, again, not, not a whole lot of surprises if you've been really plugged in and tuned in, uh, like I'm sure most of the folks listening and watching uh, usually are. Yeah, no, I, look, I, I think the thing that, that really, I, I don't know if excites is the right word or not, but uh, certainly a talking point that, that, I, that I made from this depth chart was Tyreek Johnson. Um, and, and it does appear, Hale, like they are going to play a bunch of defensive ends, and they'll let that situation sort itself out. I mean, Jatias Gear, I know, has been a little bit banged up and so on and so forth. But, but Tyreek Johnson, I, I, you know, I guess – I guess really more than anything, at least in my brain, it, it is a it's an it's an awesome story. I mean, just because of how long this guy's been here, and you know, Pat DeMarco yesterday was sitting here telling us that look, if you were stuck in a dark alley somewhere, you you want this guy, you want this guy on your on your side. But he's also just one of the nicest dudes out there. Works his tail off. Really talented guy. He said that you know, I'm kind of regurgitating. JC, Phil, you know, feel free to cut me off if I say something wrong here. But if I'm correct, that he was telling a story about NFL scouts who showed up to the facility and they said, well, who is this guy over here? And they said, well, that's Tyreek Johnson. He's just been banged up for the last few years. You know, I hadn't really been able to get him out there. So, you know, he's a guy, Hale, with all the experience and he obviously knows how to play football. He understands his level of it. He's been around a while. Um, you know, he's a guy I think maybe could have more of an impact than a lot of us were were initially thinking. Yeah, if he can just stay on the field, I I, I think he's gonna, you know, keep getting opportunities to play. And, and to to the point that I, I guess you're saying Demarco made yesterday, the dude looks like he's just carved out of a wall. I mean, you, you couldn't <laughs> draw up a, a, a more physical looking specimen uh, as a defensive lineman. Uh, maybe if he was just like six seven or something crazy like that. Uh, but I mean, I. <laughs> His body fat is probably like negative two percent. Like that dude is is a rock, and and negative. you know if he can just be on the field. I, I think he's going to be able to do some things, man. Like he's good, good prospect coming out of high school, and and there's a reason that both coaching staffs since he's been at South Carolina have have tried tried their best to to get him healthy and ready to play. It just just hadn't worked out. So uh, whether he's a starter or, or not, uh, I, I think. As long as he's available, he's going to be playing, and they kind of roll guys in and out at defensive end. You know, you can expect four to five different players over the course of a game, uh, and that's not just in South Carolina. That's really all of college football uh, that are going to play. Obviously, the the starting job is is important, and and those guys usually are going to play more than the others. But uh, I, I think Tyree Johnson, some way, shape, or form, is is going to be out there and and probably contributing as long as he's. Uh, Able to. He was a guy in recruiting, uh, had some injuries in high school, but uh, he had a verbal, he had one of the infamous verbal offers from Alabama when he committed. It was South Carolina, Coastal Carolina, and Alabama had snuck in a verbal offer. And you do look at his body type, Hale, and he is kind of like those guys. He looks uh, just uh, eyeball test-wise, looks like those guys. I'm not saying he plays like them. Uh, we hadn't seen him play very much at all, um, right. but uh, back way back in recruiting, which, by the way, I think it was Muschamp's first full class when he originally signed. Was yeah. seventeen. Golly, was it been that long? Yeah, you're probably right. He's an old man. Yeah, he's an old man. Now. He's like, yeah, rrr, 
Get off my lawn. You know, um, and I think, you know, and, and hell, so, so here's my take on the injury situation. And you, you tell me if, if you agree, disagree, have additional thoughts. With the exception of, of gear, uh, Jatias gear, I think everybody's going to be pretty much good to go. I don't think we'll see Nick Harbor a lot, to be honest, uh, but I don't think he's like totally out of the question. Uh, and I do think we'll see Juice Wells, but I also think that when Shane Beamer's asked about Juice today, his exact words will probably be like, he's probably ready to go. Probably. What say you? Yeah, I, I, I would think just knowing kind of how Juice Wells is wired, he's probably going to play or try to play, whether or not it's, you know, the same guy that we saw uh, in the Clemson game or whatever point last year. Uh, I think it's probably a safe bet that he's going to be out there. Uh, As far as Harbor, you know, it, I, I don't. I can't really speak too much to that. I would think that at the very least, uh, you'd want to have, you know, have have on his uniform and in pads, standing on the sideline, at least giving something uh, for those those UNC defensive coaches to think about. And uh, whether that's you just run him out there for a couple of plays, that maybe that's something that you try to do is is a bit of a decoy, uh, or, or who knows, maybe it's something more than that. Uh, I, I think when when you've got a guy like him who. You're probably not going to redshirt, regardless of, of what his status is. Uh, you know, you, you have that four-game uh, thing in your back pocket where, where even if you wanted to, like, you could still use that. So I, I would I would think that, uh, you know, th- there could be a little bit of, uh, again, gamesmanship, if you will, uh, when it comes to him just because he's such a presence and everybody knows who he is and he's big and fast and all that stuff. Uh, but, yeah, I – Really, really interested to see like what Jordan Strong can do, and you know we've heard nothing but good things about his recovery. And he seems to be doing just fine in the limited looks that we've had, but you know we we still haven't seen him yet, and don't know what it's going to be like for him trying to play throughout the course of a game. So that that to me is is one in addition to, to Wells, obviously that uh, I'm I'm really anxious to see and and get a, a better feel uh, at least through my own eyes. All right, Phil. Here we go. Let's 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 get him. Let's sick him. We've been planning this for a while. It's the annual JC is worried about special teams time, but hopefully last year we we were all able to put him in his place when we had to remind him that Pete Limbo and Shane Beamer were still coaching at Carolina. They had the best special teams in the country. It turned out, guys. I I think that one of the things that is just not been talked about. It's not ever talked about with really any team out there until they do something good are punt returners and kick returners. And South Carolina happens to have two of the best. Uh, Xavier Leggett is really dang good at returning kicks. And Marion Brown seems primed to be the primary uh, punt returner. I don't know a lot about North Carolina special teams have not gotten that far uh, in uh, in in preparation for our preview of the ball game coming up a little bit later on this week, Hale, I'm not sure if you've looked at it either, but both of, we we know how well coached the entire unit is, and it and now you you add to that conversation the fact that you have experienced returners that matters, and and those guys have a chance to they always have a chance to take one the distance, but but most notably uh, they always have a chance to give you pretty good field position when a punt generally might pin you back a little bit or a kick. Yeah, I, I haven't really looked at what North Carolina did from like a 
defending kicks and punts uh, standpoint uh, last year or in, in recent years. But I do know, obviously, South Carolina has been really good uh, when, when it comes to them returning kicks and punts. They're like top two or three in the SEC uh, in, in both categories last year and, and were pretty close, if not right in there in, in that top two or three in the first season with Beamer and Limbo for those categories. So, uh, you know, whatever the case may be from North Carolina standpoint, uh, I, you know, they, they could be really good. They could be middle of the road. They could be really bad. I, either way, I think I, I kind of like South Carolina's chances of, of maybe making some sort of a dent that way uh, in the game, whether it's Leggett, uh, you know, Juju McDowell's on that, that uh, depth chart as a kick returner, him and him and Joyner have, have an or between their names, but, you know, Leggett housed that kick against a and Juju wasn't quite as as productive uh, last year as, as he was maybe, especially in that East Carolina game when he was a freshman. But he was really good as a kick returner in high school, and, and obviously there's a reason why they are, are going to have him back there at times this year. Uh, you know, you mentioned Brown, JB, uh, but, you know, Eddie Lewis is – is on that depth chart as well. And, and he was one of the most productive punt returners in the country last year when he was at Memphis. So, good point. Uh, you know, I, I think both of those guys are, are going to be threats. Uh, and, and Lumbo even talked about uh, possibility of having them both back there, maybe depending upon, you know, if the opponent is a, you know, rugby style punting team. And I, I'm maybe North Carolina is, maybe they aren't, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, if there's an opportunity to get both those guys on the field, I, I think, uh, we'll see them both out deep for, for a punt return, whether it's this week, next week, or down the road. Um, you know, again, they got some good options. So, hey, have you seen, out of curiosity, have you seen Kroger uh, at all in the preseason punting the, punting the football at all? Uh, I mean, just just a little bit when when they're doing the special teams periods when when they have a send. Okay, um, they're kind of half punting just allowing the the return guys to practice fielding it's more tailored around them but no we haven't we haven't seen him lined up with 10 other guys on the field and 11 on the other side and uh just okay. punting the ball as far as he can now we haven't seen that yet yeah, i was just curious because i kind of heard through the grapevine that he hasn't he hadn't had one under 50 so which would oh, be surprising well, I mean, I would guess there's probably been one under 50 because they've probably tried to do some directional type of stuff. But uh, maybe well, maybe that's like when it's, you know, just line up and, and kick the, the daylights out of it. Uh, yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe like. But, yeah, I mean, he's he's pretty damn good, whether he's booming 50-plus or, or, you know, in the mid-40s. There's probably some good hang time on on, on those two. So, uh, yeah, yeah he's, he's pretty good, right? <laughs> yeah, he's I, – I think – I don't know about y'all. I mean, I think he's going to probably end up being the, the best punter in the history of the school, and it probably won't be very close. I mean, Charlton – is it – what do you think, guys? Y'all think Charlton right now, based on records and all what he achieved, probably the best punter ever? Max right? Max Runniger, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's guess, all my time. There you go. That's a good name. <sighs> y'all, y'all, are too, y'all are making me feel older. Gosh, sorry. No, you shouldn't. Well, you you, you think if he, the historic side of this than we are. <laughs> you think if he punted against uh, Kroger, that he'd be he'd be the one you'd send out there over Kroger? No. 
Are you crying? <laughs> I know. Yeah, it felt like he was getting a little choked up. <laughs> Still oh, crying yeah. in baseball. I mean, Kyle makes me feel that way too, JC. I think JC's uh, <laughs> either had too much to drink this morning, or he's talked too much with Mike on JC and Morgan. Chopping, chopping some onions, maybe that could be. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I got right? some, some in my throat. Yeah, the Max <laughs> Rudiger, and they actually uh, rest in peace. He died in. Uh, oh gosh, uh, twenty seventeen. Greenwood played at Carolina uh, in, until seventy nine. Two Super Bowl teams, 49ers and Eagles. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was um, All right. really good. Yeah, you guys don't depend on me to talk right now. Okay. I, I gotta, All right. Well, gotta... we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll take it from here. All right, Hale. Uh, we know we got to get you out of here in just a few minutes. Fast forward to the game this weekend, though. What is on your docket? What are you most intrigued uh, to see from South Carolina's side? And then, of course, anything that has to do with the Tar Heels as well in the matchup? Yeah, I guess I guess if you're talking about intrigue, uh, quarterback's a great place to start. Spencer Rattler, Drake May. Um, obviously, May's gotten more of the national notoriety, and, and I don't necessarily have an issue with that because he's big and can throw the ball and can run and, and – has great stats and and all that. Like he's he's a really good player, but uh, yeah, Rattler. I think maybe like I've said before on here, Rattler's been a little overlooked uh, from that standpoint, and and I'm I'm guessing that he's pretty well aware of that. Whether he you know lets it motivate him or not, who knows? Probably doesn't make that much of a difference, and won't make that much of a difference on a Saturday night. But still interesting nonetheless. I, I like. Uh, I like what, what we're going to get to watch that way. It should be fun. What what kind of gives me pause for South Carolina for this game and uh, maybe even down the road this season is, this is again, something I've talked about before is just a kind of unknown and uh, question marks up front on the offensive line. Like who, who's going to be protecting Rattler? And, you know, you look at that North Carolina depth chart and you see a Desmond Evans or a Javari Ritzy or Miles Murphy or, or some other guys who are big-time recruits who – who are, are talented players who are older and have played a lot, uh, you know, maybe at some point the light's going to come on for those guys and they'll end up being really productive. Uh, if you're South Carolina, you hope it doesn't happen this weekend, but it's, it's still, again, something that, that I'm looking at and, and uh, you know, going to be paying pretty close attention to uh, when this game starts on Saturday night. And, you know, North Carolina, can, you know, kind of conversely, North Carolina's, been pretty trash in the secondary over the years, like really bad. Um, I think pretty much all those guys are gone now, and, and they've got a, a new wave of the dudes back there. But uh, I, don't, I don't know how good they are. A bunch of transfers and guys that haven't played a bunch, so um, at least haven't played a lot at, at North Carolina. So going to be interested to see how that matchup shakes out between between their secondary and Carolina's receivers and tight ends and and uh, whether or not it's a, a matchup that's really exploitable for the Gamecocks. So uh, a lot, lot of unknowns, but I guess that's sort of par for the course this day and age in college football when, when there's so much turnover on rosters and, and all that stuff. Who is more important to the success of their team this season, Drake May or Spencer Rattler? Uh, I, I don't know. You could – you can make a case for both. I mean, 
I, I guess probably the best best way to answer that is who's got the better backup quarterback. Um, you yeah. know, maybe lean towards South Carolina that way because because North Carolina's backup uh, hadn't played a ton, but who knows? It's they're both they're both really important both their teams. Uh, so you know, if you could sit here and say like Drake May's the better player, which I think probably most people would, myself included, I, I would have to lean towards May. But I mean, they're they're both really really important to their, their two teams. Well, Hale McGranahan just made it on to the uh, Spencer Rattler uh, <laughs> quote board for the weekend. Oh, man. Am I, am I going to be on one of those? Justin King, do not put me in a video, please. Please do not put me in a video. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Damn you it. just, yep, you just became, uh, you just became part of the problem for uh, mm. Spencer Rattler going into the, going into it this weekend. I, He's been pretty quiet about um, the large majority of the country, of course, uh, talking about Drake May and really questioning him while he was the better quarterback down the stretch last year over Drake May. But that's we'll true. find out. That's that's for sure on Saturday night at 744 when they kick off at Bank of America Stadium. We'll let you run. Hey, we know you got to work. Thank you, as always. And uh, I guess next week we actually get to talk about an actual football game that was played and look forward to another one. Can't wait for that. Well, if I, if I make it on to, like, the team pump-up video they play on Friday night at the hotel, South Carolina wins, everybody can, can thank me next week, I guess. Okay. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. And if, and, if, and if you're right, then you're right. So, either way, you win here. Yeah, I'm, 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 I try to be really good at uh, giving myself a good out one way or the other that, <laughs> that I end up looking good. We figured yeah. that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. See you, brother. There you go. Hail McGranahan with the big spur, uh, com. Couple of uh, good questions uh, for the ball game here. We can answer those when we return. And a story on remember that Eric Gilbert guy? Everybody thought he's the best tight end in the country. Can't get out of his own way. That is for sure. We'll tell you what that is as well. We are served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. It is fine stuff. If you've Never tried it, chickencockwhiskey.com, or you can actually, if you have our app, just go into our app and go to the partnership section, and you can find where it's available near you. Just click Find Chicken Cock Whiskey. It'll pull right up. Type in your address, and we are so honored to be working with them through football season. Chicken Cock Whiskey. Sounds like a Gamecock brand, doesn't it? That's for sure. Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Sinorama Studios. We'll be right back. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. 
electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Object of anybody's ire, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, uh, Hale is uh, working his way quickly onto that bulletin board for for Spencer Rattler. And no, I'm just kidding. He he he. I don't think he was at all. I think he was. Uh, you know. Hey, look. That's not a bad thing. Look, Drake Drake May is. Uh, you know, let's give credit where credit is due. He's been an outstanding football player, and thus far, you know, or at least over the last 365 days, he's been better. But, um, you know, Spencer Rattler is a pretty good player, too. And he's got a chance to prove that Saturday night. I'll, I'll squeeze this in real quick here. Man, you, you talk about a guy who's just trying to figure out how quickly he can throw it all away, right? Eric Gilbert was once the best tight end in the country. He's at Nebraska now playing for Coach Rule and Coach Satterfield. He's been to LSU. He's been to Georgia. Now he's been to the Cornhusker State. And now he's in jail because he was arrested at 2 in the morning for robbing a vape shop. They caught him with a bag of over $1,600 worth of products from the store. That's according to theathletic.com. Uh, he is, uh, of course, being a two-time transfer, awaiting an NCAA decision to be immediately eligible for this year. Why, why would he be immediately eligible? What, what, what would his reasoning be? Is there? Is anybody know? He would be the last person that would give immediate eligibility to. I mean, like the guy was a was a disaster in recruiting. Uh, he goes down to LSU and has a pretty good freshman year. Showed flashes. Was on the verge of being great. Then up up and leaves. Right. Oh, well, I want to go to Florida. Okay, so he goes to Florida. Well, oh, I don't want to go to Florida anymore. Unless I'm going to go to Georgia. So he goes to Georgia last year, and then he got hurt. Well, I don't want to be in Georgia anymore. I want to go. So, I mean, look, sometimes guys, not all the time, but sometimes guys that treat their recruitment like, like, a, like it's just like fun and games and optional and they, 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 they have trouble. They don't understand like, Hey, that's over. You're, you're, you can't just keep skating by. There's actually work to be done. Uh, and then you, you throw this on top of it. When the hell are you robbing a vape store for? I mean, that, that that's insane. You know, what this is- guy, this guy should be ruled permanently ineligible. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, just, just it's, it's it. It's over. Um, 
you know, so I uh bigger problems in life. I just don't think he is uh it's sad because you know, he's ultra hyped and 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 he did show some signs at LSU that first year, but man, oh man. I remember last year people would when he went to Georgia, people were like that that's why they were gonna win the national championship because of him. Yeah. No, I remember that conversation, JC. You're dead Brock, on. Brock Bowers makes him look like nothing because Brock Bowers actually works and and all that. So yeah, Eric Gilbert, I, I don't know what's going on with him and his brain. It's a shame. It's sad. Uh, you know, at this point on school number what four technically, you should probably uh, just kind of buckle down and, uh, and 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 appreciate the fact that you're gonna. You're gonna thrive in the in the in the uh, Satterfield offense. Yep. Maybe. Yeah. You're gonna kill you, it, man. If you you're thrive, love it. If you thrive too much, though, you're not gonna be in the game plan the next week. So oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can't do too much. Can't be too too good, right? You can merely um, exist in the Satterfield offense. You cannot thrive. So uh, <laughs> I don't. I, I, it's sad. I, I hate it. I hate it for Nebraska fans because. I'm sure they were just like every other school that's gotten him. I'm sure they're very excited. South Carolina fans, when he went in the portal, were like, "Hey, think I should go get him." And I was like, mm, no, "Probably not. I don't think so." <laughs> I don't think Shane. I mean, I don't know this, of course, to be true, but I'm not even sure Carolina inquired about him. JC, no, probably. I mean, look, Georgia. I think Georgia gave him a shot because he's a Georgia kid. He's from Marietta, you know. Other than that, I don't. I don't think they were all that fired up about him coming back either. And, it's just kind of sad. Just kind of sad. Speaking of Georgia, uh, Howard points out, and a lot of the people pointed this out to me, that Robert Edwards, when he was at Georgia, moved from safety to running back in 1996. That was the one year they didn't have. I think that was after Garrison Hurst left. Uh, that was the one year Georgia didn't have him stacked. And Robert Edwards ran crazy <laughs> over South Carolina um, a couple times. So uh, will he be – will the carry in Georgia be like Robert Edwards – I don't know. I, I do think running back is his best position, his best shot at the NFL if he's going to be an offensive player. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he, uh, yeah, I, I think I think I think he's a natural runner of the football. I think he break tackles, make the first man miss, uh, is fast enough. You know, I, I think he's got that skill set. We just have to see it. You know, and Jordan's got to protect the football. Like that's going to be something all these backs really have to, you know, buckle down on, bear down on, is, is protecting the football. You, you can't – South Carolina can't depend on special teams and defense to get the ball back for them or to make plays for them when the offense is out there turning it over. Uh, and there's a lot of guys that have been turnover prone uh, on this offense that need, need to clean it up. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you, Amari and Brown, <laughs> to yeah. a certain extent. I, I, I say that about Amarian because he's the last one that fumbled. <laughs> uh, uh, Juice Wells had a big fumble against Florida last year. I mean, you know, that, they've all done it. So, um, I uh, I think that um, – oh, by the way, Juice Wells is speaking to the media today. I think that's a pretty good sign he's playing. That's a very good sign, yeah. yeah. They're not going to yeah. let him speak but, if uh, he's not playing. So, uh, you know, that's, that's, got, that's got a key that I don't think we talk about enough in the preseason. Maybe that's what I'm worried about instead of special teams this year. Like, it all of a sudden hit me, turnovers. Oh, but, here we uh, go again, Phil. 
<laughs> hey, well, hey, I hope I hope I'm I'm I hope I'm all like freaked out and worried about it. And, and Carolina doesn't have a turnover till like week four. You know, so that's the thing. Though, is like, it where's my way. chicken cock whiskey? It's like, listen, yeah, you got all worried about special teams. You got the best damn group in the country. So worry away, JC. Worry I, I, away. I'll never I'll never forget that conversation last year. Y'all asked me about special teams, and I just I think it was about a 10 second answer. Is uh, Pete Limbo and Shane Beamer still coaching? Well, yeah. Okay, next question. <laughs> yeah, uh, John says Rattler needs to clean up on his turnovers too. I think he did. Uh, you know, what, what Rattler does have to avoid because it can be costly. It, it ultimately did not cost the Gamecocks, but very well could have. It's like the play against Clemson inside the one yard line. Sure. Yeah. Of course. Uh, hold Ridiculous. on. Hold the Ridiculous phone. I don't think that play's called this year, though. I, I, I don't I don't think Dowell Loggins is going to sit there and try to be that cute. Um, if anything, there you bring a defensive end in and try to let him throw it in the end zone. On second down and goal. Yeah. Oh yeah, on, yeah. Because yeah, first and goal, you tried the Jordan play. He kept it. Uh, yeah, and, and look, somebody said the other day too. You know, my whole memory of Jordan running the ball straight up the middle on the Wildcat, not getting any yards. Well. Let's think about this for a minute. Yes. When all Jordan was going to do was keep the ball and everybody in the stadium knew it, yeah, that was not a very effective play. But think about how they used to carry on sort of down the – when the offense turned around against Tennessee, when they used to carry on, it made sense. Mm-hmm. And he did well. He was effective. I think he had – Phil, did he have one or two rushing touchdowns against the Vols? There were so many in that game. I, I think say- he had two. Two, I think he had two. Um, yeah, Bell had one receiving had and one, one rushing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Juice had yeah. So the carry on was pretty good, you yeah. know, as far as carrying the ball. Once it started making sense, that's what play calling matters. I mean, you can't. I mean that that's called a tendency when you sit there and you, you know, oh, well, let's get fives in. He's going to run it up the middle, and sure enough, I think Will Muschamp all summer had been watching that. Sure enough, on third and eight. Oh, here we go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have this brilliant play call here. And to the carry on's credit, it was third and seven. I think he got five. It's a little short, but um, anyway. So I, I we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I, some of these. I mean that 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 Tennessee series was the end for me. I I never really. Uh, I mean, I played nice, but I, I never was really a fan after after that. And, and if you think about Satterfield's entire career until they finally took the uh put the training wheels back on for him. Uh when, when Carolina was not able to run the ball at will, when was that offense ever good? It wasn't. Well, so, no. I I think that was the stat a couple of weeks ago. Every they're 11 and 1 under Shane Beamer when they run for 100 yards or more. Not 150, not 125. Not 200, nothing like that. 100 yards. If they get 101 yards, there's a there's a 90, whatever, what is that? A 93% chance they're going to win the game. Um, that's, that's a terrible rushing. You know, I mean, yeah. And it's 100, 100 yards isn't much. No, and they so, averaged yeah. last year so like 120, was... 123 or something. Remember we did our over or under or agree or disagree a couple weeks ago? Yeah. You know, if, yeah. If, gosh, guys, if they can get to 140 or 150 a game. <laughs> yeah, and look, Dowell Loggins has to manufacture that because Dowell Loggins, uh, I, I don't think he's going to try to force the run. 
uh, where I, as I, I think that the other guy did in a lot of, a lot of ways. It was like, I don't know. Uh, but I, I, I do think he's going to try to manufacture it. And, and, you know, there, there's ways in the passing game, you can scratch out a running game with little flare passes in the flat. It's just like a run. You can run sure. that little end around, you know, all that stuff you can do. So, uh, so if you're Gene Chizik, is your game plan go in there, stack the box and just stop that stuff? Let your men play. I, I brother, if you want to stack the if, if you want to stack the box against Spencer Rattler, go. That's right what I'm saying. I, I, yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah, I think if you're Gene Chizik, you're trying you're you're trying to figure out a way how to how to um, two things. One, uh, force them to run the football, and two, put pressure on Rattler and see how, see if he'll make some mistakes because they they're. There is no running game that they're aware of right now. North Carolina is not aware of any running game, but they know if you just let Spencer Rattler stand back there and throw throw the football around, he's going to beat you. So, you know, if I'm them, I am I am basically testing South Carolina to see if they can prove that they can run the football before I make any adjustments in that game. I'm getting, I'm getting in quarters or umbrella coverage, flooding, you know, dropping eight. And uh, at times are showing that I'm going to drop eight and sending exotic blitzes. Now, is that really Gene Chizik's mo? Not I really. I don't no, know. Really you know, know he's yeah. more of kind of a. So I, I don't know, but uh, that's what I'm doing. If I'm them, if I'm South Carolina, I'm I'm telling my defensive ends you got to contain the edge, uh, and the D line in general ha- has to be aggressive, but also has to play fundamentally sound. You know, you can't let Drake May get you. And I think, you know, nobody's talked about this, guys, but North Carolina does have a new offensive coordinator. Phil Longo is not walking through that door. He's in a jump around territory. We've talked about it plenty. Chip Lindsey. Yeah, Chip Lindsey from the Malzahn tree. Uh, I don't know. The offenses I've seen him coordinate, I just don't know if – if he looks a lot like Gus or not, you know, I mean, like Rhett Lashley, you can kind of tell he's kind of got some mouths on him. So I, I don't know, but, uh, you know, I would think what they would try to do is get their backs going, get British Brooks and, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Omar and Hampton going, try to see if they can get a push against Carolina's run game, try to run the ball, run it with May, uh, and then loosen them up and throw it over the top and try to get plays that way maybe some tempo. Uh, I'm not sure. But uh, if I'm the Gamecocks, you know, I'm, I'm playing, I'm contain, trying to contain May. I'm, I'm actually probably, guys, to be honest, doing it a lot like in the bowl game a few years ago because Sam Howell was a run threat too. Now, that was a different offense with Longo uh, compared to Chip Lindsey. You're going to see a lot more, I think, eye candy mm-hmm. with Chip Lindsey uh, if history tells us anything. So you got to stay disciplined. But, you you know, I, I would think – Playing like you did, you know, same kind of game plan because they bottled up Sam Howell pretty good in that one. And it is the same kind of deal where North Carolina's quarterbacks are leading rusher. And, you know, you got to kind of see what happens. He's never stayed anywhere long. Uh, the longest he's been anywhere was Troy as a head coach for three years. But since he's been in college football, he's, um, he has uh, been the offensive coordinator for two years at Southern Miss, one year at Arizona State, two years at Auburn. One year at uh, Central Florida, and now this is his first season at North 
Carolina. So, I mean, there's not a there's not some crazy track record for recruiting, and there's not some crazy track record for seeing his offense succeed as time moves on. He's just kind of bounced a little bit. Maybe South Carolina can uh, – well, not maybe. What am I talking about here? <laughs> this staff has been watching tape of Ch- Chip Lindsey's offenses all offseason. Uh, they'll be very well prepared when they get there uh, here in just a couple of okay. days. We do – do need to uh, step aside. It's 1145. Uh, We've got power hour coming up with Mike Morgan. We will get into this game plenty with him in the ACC. It looks like they're set to expand to the West coast. So that's not really the ACC anymore. Uh, A couple of questions in the chat box. We haven't gotten to as well. And we'll get to that. We're teed up by traveling country club, dot com if you want to play golf you want to play golf with them travelingcountryclub.com has 45 courses you can play on from the mountains to the seas and they're awesome and there's courses for every type of golfer you don't have to be like some scratch golfer to go out there you could be a hundred handicap if you want to it's about having fun and getting out there and drinking some chicken cock whiskey out there on the course with travelingcountryclub.com Make sure you check out that website today with the cooler weather coming at some point in time. That's what they say, at least. You can get out and swing it around and enjoy golf with your football and your bourbon this fall. Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks of the show, built by the Barndo Co. We'll be right back. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barndo Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey everybody, this is Mo Coppa from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. This crowd, the atmosphere that's going to be in that stadium, ready to explode just as they do each time. Their fighting game are introduced. 
And so this frenzied crowd ready for the kickoff. And the rave breaks out in Columbia. And what you're about to see is a spectacle unto itself. Let's enjoy. Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show. Of course, if you're admiring JB's shirt, who looks awfully dapper today, that is another one you can find at Britain's of Columbia. Give our friend Perry a call or head down there for all your game day apparel. Don't forget, mention you heard it here. You can give Perry a call and be like, hey, give me that shirt JB was wearing on the show, and it'll ship it to you at no extra charge for shipping. But Britain's of Columbia. Check them out. One of our latest partners. Along with I love, I love this shirt. So now you can look good, feel good. Those shirts really are like super lightweight. I mean, it really you got the blocks. Like, oh, yeah. That was what I was telling JB I got, about I got it. the same one, too. I'm glad I, I didn't like, wear it today, or we'd have been twins again, JB. That's like Perry, Perry said, you know, maybe we could wear it at the tailgate. He's like, oh, I'm not wearing a collared shirt at the tailgate. I want to burn up and bottle it. Yesterday, it feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. <laughs> My, how things change. How That's the worm right. turns with Mr. Bradford. He not only is not wearing a hat for the second straight day, looking dapper in his Britain shirt. You know, he, he's got a nice glow about it. You, you, I, I'm so happy. Yeah, yeah. You can tell this man is happy about football season. <laughs> it is here, and he is Dude. reveling in it. Man, I can't wait. By the way, I can't wait for Saturday. I mean, that, uh, there's going to be so many people there that, I love hanging out with you two guys included. I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's really. I'm just, be I'm just trying to get to Friday, man. This, I mean, I was in my office last night till almost midnight. Now we got to take all this stuff out of the out of the, you know, put all this stuff up with this storm coming through because we'll probably get 50, 60 mile an hour winds tomorrow. And uh, I've got. As y'all well know, how much work we have going on behind the scenes. It's just I haven't been able to. I'm like, I, I Alicia this texted me this morning from the Barndo Co. and she's like, I just can't wait any longer. And I said, Well, <laughs> it almost doesn't even feel like game. Usually, I wake up this week and I'm just happy all week. And I've just been like, How quickly can I get through the next few days? Uh, it's it's been. Uh, I- I had a bad yesterday. I just wasn't in the spirit at all. I was like, you know, today. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 but I, I have a lot of, uh, but I hate it to even mention this guys that ordered rain check packages from the Carolina rise event in April. I'm looking at the final 12 to mail out. They're right over my computer. Wow. So, that added a lot of stress. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to get those out. I don't want to hear about that at the time. I don't want to hear about those ever again. I'm embarrassed by it. But uh, so that was getting to me. Uh, just a lot, you know, the, the pressure of, of getting on a plane Wednesday. I'm worried about my laptop working because uh, for the show. Uh, so I have to kind of figure that out. Um, I had to take the kids to school this morning. You know, so I, I'm kind of with you, but I don't know why I feel better today. Maybe it's because it's bingo night. You know, uh, that that kind of helps me some sometimes. But uh, you know, anyway. But back to Britain's, I I do, I do want to say, guys, look, uh, Britain's is a little bit old school. They don't have online ordering. You can't just go order it. But there's a reason for that because when you go in there and you, you get your pants or whatever, they fit you perfectly. And and 
and Perry uh, hems them up for you. He does all his tailoring work there. Phil and I both have these bougie Gamecock leather shoes. In fact, I'll show them to you on the other side. I'll go get mine. <laughs> show them to you. I don't have them on, obviously. But, uh, you know, just top of the line Gamecock stuff. Shane Beamer is clothed by Britons uh, mm-hmm. for his uh, coach's show on television. If you notice, he had the same polo that JB and Phil had on there. So please go see Perry. Uh, he's a great guy. Uh, he's not only a supporter of our show, but also Carolina Rise. He's got his Rise 500 membership label on his door. Um, so that's a guy that loves the Gamecocks. And, and, and one more thing. If you start asking him about Gamecock history and old memorabilia, he's oh, got wow. like game programs from like back in the day, like the day. <laughs> Uh, and he'd yeah. love to show those to you. I mean, a yeah, good guy. An annual from 1947. Yeah. Wasn't. I mean, they, they support the game. He and his wife support the Gamecocks greatly, uh, especially like the, the Carolina band included. So they're, they're good people and certainly worthy of a partnership with us. We think. Yeah. We, uh, we can't thank all these people enough. And, uh, you're noticing now, uh, chicken cock is a part of our family as well. They will be sending a bunch, uh, of stuff to, to try this weekend. If you're going to be hanging out with us, and um, and a uh, another a uh, another partner in that industry will be announced tomorrow. Well, and uh, so we're certainly thrilled about that. Something that we uh, announced last night. If you missed this, is it's pretty cool. We uh, have uh, have uh, signed a deal with Sports Talk here in South Carolina, and Phil Cornblut and his team are now an affiliate of the Chief Sports Network, and so. Wherever you are, if you don't get sports talk or if it's uh, if it's booted on your local programming like it is in a lot of towns, you know, for whatever that may be, it is not on our app. You can listen to sports talk uh, every day from 6 to 8 o'clock on the Chief Sports app. And how about this? On Friday nights, you already knew about the high school scoreboard on the Chief Sports app. It Every Friday night now at 10 o'clock, when the high school football show that's hosted by Phil and his team comes on, that will be carried live on our app as well. Um, so you can you you can be sitting there watching TV and you pull it up and listen on the phone, or you can just listen. You can watch it. You can do whatever you want to do. Uh, but we are we are really 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 excited about that. Really excited about that. So thanks to Phil Cornblut and his team uh, with. Uh, being with us brewing uh, he's not tiger phil that is so ridiculous that people even got on to that you know he's a great guy and he cares about this state tremendously um and uh our by the way the chief sports network is not a gamecock network there will be more in the future that has nothing to do with south carolina um just so you know so and uh, then yeah Stuff, yeah, yeah definitely. It's uh, it's, it's to be a uh, flagship program. It's to appeal to everyone, you know, because it's yeah. uh, we could have easily done Gamecock radio app and filled it with nothing but Gamecock programming, I think. But you guys get uh, tired of that, you know. Now, and that's not to say there won't maybe be some other Gamecock ish programming. The idea is to do it mm-hmm. state by state, really. And, uh, have different program for different markets, whatever. But Phil was a logical partner. Um, yeah, Phil did a lot for me early in my career as far as, well, he's the reason I got into recruiting because when I was a yeah. kid, I used to listen to his recruiting report every night. And then uh, when I started the Big Spur and first came to town, 
you know, he let, he was my first like experience with radio. You know, I got, I was on the radio with him every day. He let me come in and sit in with him, promoted my site. Um, you know, good guy has helped me out quite a bit in my career. Certainly sports talk is, uh, you know, we have all these Ferraris and Corvettes on our app with this JC and Morgan and all the other stuff. But he's that, uh, a classic 57 Chevy in pristine condition. Yeah. But you still want to go out and take a drive, too, because it's still <laughs> sports talk, and it still gets me fired up. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, man, there was nothing like Friday night sports talk live from wherever the Gamecocks were playing. I remember one time the Marriott Marquis in Atlanta. I thought that was cool. that They said, hey, live for the Marriott Marquis in Atlanta. Of course, the Gamecocks got beat by Georgia Tech 34 nothing the next day. It was 88. He and Don Williams. And, and I remember that, you know. So uh, Phil's still trucking. Lot of a uh, lot of great stuff there from him, and we have a lot of great stuff coming. So uh, please continue to download the app, spread the word, uh, and, and look. And if you're a sports talk fan and you've listened to it on radio, now you don't get preempted uh, by whatever local programming may preempt Phil. So there you go. No doubt about it. And by the way, I wasn't banging up on my man Bruin there at all. I, I people actually b- really believe that, which is crazy because uh, Coach Muschamp said it. <laughs> And uh, it, it's just <laughs> not true. Tiger. Yeah, it's just not true. Hey, well, Will was like, joking about it, too. He's like, Tiger Phil. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Some things you never live down. <laughs> All right. We are out of time here in hour number one. Good news, though. We have an hour number two that is part of programming. And uh, we are painted garnet black by a couple of painters. Let me paint something. Dot com. And we are now served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. It is fantastic. And I can't believe I'm telling you this. But when I tried it, JC, Phil, it slipped in above my old man, my my old friend, Buffalo Trace. Above. Oh, Whoa! Yeah, yeah, that is uh, <laughs> that's saying something, dude. I I called my cousin. I said, "Oh man, I feel like I'm feel like I'm cheating, but I'm you know I'm not cheating. I I just found someone better." <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> ah! And you're quite sure what you're bringing Saturday is not all for me. <laughs> Well, when I, you know, it was funny because when I texted JC and said, hey, look, they're sending all this up. And JC goes, oh, my God, I'm going to, you know, you can't give me that. And I was like, it's not for you. It's for the party. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I, yeah. I don't, I don't even, I can't drink liquor. I, if I drink, I'll have a Bloody Mary to kill a hangover every now and then. But I can't, dude, I drink, if I drink that. Yeah. Uh, not that I don't highly recommend it. Won't you all you guys to drink all, a lot of it, plenty of it, because it's our sponsor. But man, it something about my blood chemistry and liquor. Phil knows. Phil you can knows. see yeah. the three of us driving in on little, you know, electric scooters. Electric <laughs> bikes after, after killing bottles. <laughs> Talking about electric bikes in Charleston. That's that's actually the challenge. Yeah, the challenge. Right. We get we get have and all sponsored all sponsor Saturday dressing Britons. Drink chicken cock on the electric bikes and go play golf with Traveling Country Club and invite Cindy Searfoss and Nana's Porch to cater. 
and see who city can sell real estate at the same time. Who can paint the best wall? Oh, and painters and uh, and signorama. We'll have a we'll have a sign by signorama out there. You know. Oh, yeah. Bobby asks, "How does it compare stack to Eagle Rare?" It's. I'm telling you, Bobby. It's 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 fantastic. It's a better. It's fan- it is fantastic, man. <laughs> All right, we got to run. When we return, Mike Morgan will be here. Can't wait for that. We're built by the Barndo Co. Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We'll be right back. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style. In seconds, they're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food units to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nana'sPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in the Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today.
1205. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Sinorama Studios. Sinorama is the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics. And of course, we are powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. Electricbikescharleston.com up to 28. Oh, wow. Up to 28 miles per hour. Yeah, that would be. That's moving on a bike. If you haven't done it, by the way, my, I've got to tweet this out. I'll, I'll do it today. The new hydro rower is here from Charleston fitness equipment. We've begun our training program. My wife and I, uh, I will let her win just so everybody knows, because if not, then I'm a total jerk. We all know that. So she will, uh, she'll be the winner, whatever, whatever that looks like down the road. Um, uh, real real quick here, Chuck in the Nanosports chat box and uh, saying that he's gonna gonna pick up a bottle of uh, chicken cock whiskey in Columbia. Appreciate that. And uh, a couple other guys here that uh, Bobby said he's gonna look for a bottle as well. Guys, I want y'all to do me a favor. When you do that, also now in the Chief Sports app, you can, which by the way has been updated. So if you're if you haven't uh, done it yet, uh, close out of the app and then come back in. And we, we've kind of updated a couple of things in it. At the bottom, there's a button that says "Celebrate Chicken Cock." If you click on that, and you have to you have to register. We're not going to spam you or anything like that. It's just so we know where to send you something. You can upload a photo of your bottle of chicken cock into that portal in our app, and we'll send you a gift. Now, I can't tell you what the gift's going to be. It's going to be random. Could be something from Carolina Rise. Could be something from uh, Chief. Could be something from Inside the Game Cuts. Could be something from Chicken Cock themselves. Uh, we've got our hands on all kinds of different things. But all you have to do is take a bo- picture of that bottle and uh, click that Celebrate Chicken Cock on the app. It's at the bottom of it. And you'll see it right there. You just upload the photo and uh, make sure that you put your email address or whatever it is that we need to get a in touch with you and your in your profile nobody will see that only us and we'll send you a gift so uh celebrate chicken cock this football season bobby shoot me an email uh inside the game guys at gmail.com with how many you're looking for for the rise tailgate i can probably squeeze a couple more in since you are a loyal listener Mm -hmm. be glad to do that um, and what I'll do, I'll just, uh, <clears throat> I'll give you the tickets for free and then you bring some cash and make sure you play the raffle, the 50, 50 raffle while you're there. Uh, if you're willing to do that, uh, but inside the game at gmail.com and I can hook that up for you. Uh, Grady here, uh, talking about trace and rare, um, and Craig just getting back or he's in Kentucky. Um, yeah, and Mike obviously knows about this. His his wife is from Kentucky, and he's been up there. I've been on the Bourbon Trail myself. That's where I fell in love with Trace and learned all about it years ago. But I tell you what, boy, I tell you what, this this chicken cock stuff out of Paris, Kentucky, sure is something. Uh, it, it is just slipped right in at the top of the ladder for me. So uh, we could do bourbon all day long. I know Mike would love to have that conversation, but it is football season, Mike, and probably worthy of us to discuss some of that too. What's up, brother? He's muted again. How does this keep happening here? Wasn't it Mike's fault last week when we couldn't hear him? I have no yeah, idea. he had to. He had to like fall out and come back in again. Yeah, it worked Same this morning on JC and Morgan. Like, are you there? 
No, yep, can't hear you. No, I'm going to boot you out and then come back. Beaming Willie Beeman. I don't understand how this keeps happening. I don't know. Maybe it's the, uh, the tagline. Oh, wait. I don't want to ban Mike. I just want to kick him out. No, don't, okay. don't do that. Yeah, I don't want to ban Mike. <laughs> Save the bans uh, for, for somebody else. Uh, in case you missed this, by the way, the 2023 Ryder Cup team has been announced. The U.S. is going to run away with it again. Scheffler, Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmon, Patrick Cantlay, Max Homa, Shoffley, Kepka, Spieth, Morikawa, Burns, Fowler, and JT. So it's over. Uh, the, uh, the Europeans can just go ahead and uh, tail between the legs, take off. You have already been defeated just because the roster is out uh, for the uh, 2023 Ryder Cup team. The mic's back. Can we hear you? Nope. Can't hear him again. I don't get it. I don't know. There's nothing I can do or change. Last week. No, Ryan, I hear you. Rom, Rory, and uh, Hoffman. Is, uh, is a good trio, but overall, they, they, they just don't have enough to compete. Uh, they just don't have to compete. All right, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the questions that was asked just a little while ago is who is more important to the overall success of the football team this year? As in, like, if they play bad, the year tanks. If they play well, they're going to be as good or better than you thought that they would be. Spencer Rattler or Drake May. Um, I'll have to confirm some of this information here, but there is something that uh, stands out, and I believe it or not, JC, I actually found it on the Big Spur message boards. As often as those things can be toxic, uh, hats off to this cat for actually doing some good homework here and um, and providing a little bit of information. Last year in 2022, Drake May only faced two teams that were current in the top 25 when he faced them. And that was at the very end of the season. Clemson and Oregon. Notre Dame, uh, uh, North Carolina, of course, was 0-2 in the ball games, And uh, May only averaged 34.5 yards per game on the ground. He threw for just 237 per game through the air. And he completed only 56% of his passes to go along with four touchdowns and two picks. The QBR, by the way, coming in around 70 Spencer Rattler faced six teams last year where they were ranked inside the top 25. That is three times the amount of Drake May. And overall, when you look back on his career, Spencer Rattler has faced way more than that. He's been around a while, and he's played in some pretty big ball games. He was 3-3 three and three in those six games last year, guys. 3-3. Three and three. 286 yards per game through the air. A 66% completion percentage. 13 touchdowns. And six interceptions. Basically, 2-1 to one touchdown to interception ratio in the six ball games that includes of course let's be fair to this conversation 400 and whatever it was 68 yards that he threw for against tennessee right prior to that there had been you know some issues uh and then the last four games against ranked opponents he had an 80 qbr so when you when you talk about the there's two conversations to be had with all the information that i just spewed out one Spencer Rattler is more prepared for big games than Drake May is. He's played in a lot more of them, and he's won big games. Um, number two, though, is what I mentioned. If Spencer Rattler or Drake May couldn't play, whose season do we view from a bird's-eye view, at least, is quote-unquote over? Do we have Mike's audio up now? Mm, 
No, he oh, he's muted himself. What's he just muted himself. I'm muted there. Unmute. And here's Mike. Hey, there you go. Mike. Hey, it's Mike. Hey. Oh, I love it. It works for you know an hour and a half all morning long, and then you come on the next show and just no. <laughs> yeah. I, if if it's on my end, I apologize. I didn't switch anything on my end, but that's all good. We're we're here. Uh, you know, we. All good. And you're talking two of my favorite things, college football and bourbon. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, <laughs> if ever there needed to be another voice heard, this is the segment. And um, <laughs> nobody wanted me to speak the truth on Kentucky uh, <laughs> bourbon and college football. Well, you you're, you absolutely, <laughs> you absolutely can. Hey, Bill, if you're looking for chicken cock whiskey in Columbia, click on our app. Click the celebrate chicken cock button on our app. And there's a button in there. It says "Find Chicken Cock Near Me." Uh, just type in where you are. It'll it'll take you right there. But you can use our app for all kinds of stuff, guys. I'm telling you, think about the Chief Sports app before you think about anything else. What is your favorite? Have you had Chicken Cock before, Mike? I know we're about to send you a bottle, but have you had it? No, but I'm I'm waiting on that bottle. I'm about to be knee deep in it. Um, I promise you that. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't. Uh, I'm I'm very open to new things in the bourbon space. I, w- I just played in a golf tournament yesterday uh, with 680, the fan in Atlanta, and they had um they had a bourbon stand set up with a bourbon out of Kentucky I'd never heard of, um, and it was good. You know, it, it I, I do have my favorites. Um, as you mentioned, I, I I married a Kentucky girl, so I I've become well versed in uh in 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 bourbon trails and bourbon everything. Uh, she's from same town that is the house of Buffalo Trace. Yeah. In fact, I, I just picked up a couple bottles, but uh, I've also done Woodford, Maker's Mark, uh, and one other one that I can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah. Yeah. The, it's a, it's a, it's a great, I've said this for a long time. If you, if you, uh, to Carolina fans, if you are looking for an away trip, Maybe it's a biannual trip or whatever. Of course, it won't be the case anymore with the new scheduling. But let's just say that, you know, biannually or whatever, or one you've just never been on. The best trip in the SEC, in my opinion, outside of the rap music in the ballpark is going to Kentucky. Um, because – go ahead. Go ahead, JC. Actually, gotta... it doesn't matter. Kentucky's always going to be there biannually. That's the – Well, that's true. Vote. That's true. Yeah. Good Unless... point. Unless they, that, whether it's one or three, it'll unless be, they decide not to play the egg bowl every year, it'll, it'll always be. Yeah, that's you know. that's a good point. So JC with the uh, he had his finger, <laughs> um, but it it is it's my favorite trip in the SEC, Mike. Because yeah. first of all, it's a beautiful drive up there. Second of all, mm-hmm. there's just a lot to do, including the Bourbon Trail, and well, uh, especially I mean, the horses I, in October. If Car- yeah, if Carolina's playing Kentucky in October, then you go to Keeneland. Right, which just happens yeah. to be where I met my wife. Um, but yeah, if you can do Keeneland, a Bourbon Trail, and a Gamecock Wildcat game in one weekend, yep, um, that's a pretty it's, good trip. That's living life is. large. We, we didn't quite make the Bourbon Trail last, but we did do Keeneland uh, last October. Beautiful trip. The the I mean, Bourbon Trail; those places look like college campuses, man. Like they're beautiful. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I now I really want to get up where where Chicken Cock is made. Of course, that is uh, now that we're in Paris. You said Paris, Kentucky. It's in Paris. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you right now. You you tell those folks you can expect a visit from the Morgans because I, I'm in Kentucky quite a bit, as you know. She still has a place there, and yeah. um, 
I'm all about checking out other things. So I doubt Paris is that far away. That's I don't doable. think so. What I didn't realize was, and you'll see this uh, in in their new spot that'll air tomorrow, is um, that the the way the reason that bourbon whiskey was created had nothing to do with it being bourbon or whiskey. It's because whiskey was created in Bourbon County, and I had no idea that that was the original story to all this yeah there and that's the thing too like i I know for for some of our listeners that maybe aren't big bourbon drinkers they're wondering well what's what's the appeal even if you don't drink bourbon um it's really just a neat historical thing to do and you'll learn a lot and you'll see a lot of different things like how it's made and everything else um so you don't have to be like this raging bourbon person (laughs) to enjoy the tours Uh, i'll just say that you don't have to be a raging alcoholic. <laughs> that's that's after the tours. You're a raging person. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Can, on the right tour, you'll get a good buzz going because they're giving out samples yeah. left and right. Uh, that's the truth. There's no doubt about that. Mike, did you happen to catch any of the uh, Rattler May stats that I threw out a minute ago? No, I missed them. Tell me. Oh. Well, uh, last year, Spencer Rattler played six teams that were ranked in the top 25. He was three and three in those games, and his numbers were significantly better than that of Drake May, who only played two programs last season that were ranked current in the top 25 when he played them. Of course, Notre Dame was later in the year, and he had a great game against the Irish. They lost that game, so he would have been 0-3 if you want to count it. Um, But when you look at the careers of both of these young men who are outstanding quarterbacks, we know that. It is Spencer Rattler who has the better track record of playing against the nation's best programs. Uh, Your thoughts? Well, I think you can get creative with that as much as you want to if you want to make a strong argument one way or another, right? Um, Drake May hasn't really had the talent that South Carolina's offense has had. I I mean, they've had serviceable running backs, and they had one really good wide receiver in the Downs kid, who, of course, is gone. And this year, and I don't know what the latest on Tez is. Uh, maybe, maybe tomorrow we might okay. know something tomorrow. But the so, la- latest I've heard is that it doesn't look good. For doesn't him look good. So you take one. him out. You take him out, and it's. I mean, they don't have a Juice Wells. You take him out. They don't have great receivers. They have good, not great running backs. They have an offensive line that is trying to shed the the moniker of soft. Um. So. I, I, I'm not trying to make a bigger point here other than to say that, you know, the, 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 the best way to test stuff like that is, okay, well, you put Spencer on the North Carolina offense, you put Drake May and give him, well, let's say a year ago, give him Marshawn Lynch and Juice Wells and, um, you know, a decent offensive line and so on and so forth, uh, an SEC defense to help with field position and everything else. I mean, there's no question South Carolina has had a better – roster than what Drake May has had but South Carolina and Spencer Rattler are playing better teams which is part of your point so I mean I don't know if it means anything in the end I mean all I can tell you is Drake May is is likely going to be the number two pick in the draft for a reason because he's incredibly skilled um, incredibly talented does that mean Spencer Rattler can't outplay him on Saturday not at all in fact it would not surprise me at all if Spencer went out there and balled and South Carolina wins, and when we look at the final tallies, Rattler's got the better box score. That wouldn't shock me one iota. Just because you're a better NFL prospect doesn't mean you're going to be 
either a better college player or better on that given Saturday. So I know probably a lot of Gamecock fans are like, enough with the Drake May hype already. Jeez, what has he really done? Um, I, I get that, but I'm a big believer in giving credit where credit is due. Like, you know, the, the dumbest chance in the world is when you beat somebody who's really good and you're saying overrated. So what you're doing is you're just taking away from what you just accomplished. <laughs> it's right. like we're overrated. I totally agree. Just with that. Not very good team. Like, what are you doing? Like, moron, do you want to want to pound your chest and say we beat a good team? We beat good players. If you beat the Tar Heels and you beat Drake May, there's no overrated. It is, hey, you just accomplished something that's worthwhile, that's worth bragging about, that's going to help springboard you into the top 25 and beyond. So I'd be less concerned about taking away from. Drake May, because he is a legit player. There's no doubt about that. You talk to any scout out there, he is legit. Doesn't mean that Spencer Rattler, especially the one we saw the last three, four games of the year, can't go out there and outplay him. You know, Mike, I was listening yesterday morning to um, Danny and Dusty on Sirius. Yeah, yeah. And, um, by the way, they have Josh Pate on every Monday morning, which I think is an outstanding ad by them. Josh Pate is phenomenal. And bo- both you're, Danny... You're welcome, Jay. Thanks, JC. Oh, <laughs> uh, JC, you're the man. Well, another no, one who's... J- J- JC's being modest, but I mean... And we had Josh Pate on our podcast, and we've had uh, Danny Cannell as well, who I've known for years. But uh, yeah. Josh is very talented, and, and, and JC for years was telling me, like, this guy's good at what he does and he just needs an opportunity to do something bigger. And, uh, you know, JC can be like a kingmaker behind the scenes. Yeah. I won't, I won't say anything, but talent, talent evaluation, man, talent evaluation. That's right. right. I I, I took Phil off the streets. I was going to say, look what you've turned. That's producer. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, who's the, who's the guy that did all the van down by the river? We literally had a a lady who divorced her husband on the big spur the other day for mad dog. It was amazing. Uh, It was nuts. But I mean, I'm like like that Colonel that Tom Hanks played in the Elvis movie or the guy, the guy that found all the, the freaking boy bands. The, the boy bands, you know, the, who's the guy that did all the boy bands back in the day? Uh, oh, no, oh, his Maury name. Stark. Yeah, I'm that wow. guy. Wow. Baby. Yeah, I'm so, so I'm looking for my next act. I'm the next in sync. <laughs> anyway, the, the Dusty and, and Dvorak, JB, what was your what was your question? There? I have no idea. I've got, got Mad Dog on my mind now. Oh, no, I know what it was. Yeah, they, Mad they Dog both living in a van by the river is what I'm thinking. They, they both agreed. <laughs> Uh, that um, they both agreed that this was a a matchup that you could look back on in November uh, in their the conversation they were having with Pate and say, you know, we, we knew it going in, but probably didn't realize it, that that was going to be one of the best quarterback matchups of the whole college football season, wow. those two facing off. And I think that that's the first time that I really heard some national pundits, Mike, um, reference – Spencer Rattler alongside Drake May, as opposed to Drake May and then Spencer Rattler. If that yeah really makes well, sense. look th- th- this you don't have to go nationally to find a little uh, disrespect. Dare I say, you can just go and look at the conference polls. No, H- Hale just did it earlier at eleven o'clock. He already put Bolton poor material up there for Spencer. He he said Drake May was way better and better looking, better <laughs> you know better hygiene, the whole nine yards, better hygiene. Pretty- 
pretty embarrassing. Uh, no, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, I mean, the SEC media days came and went, and nobody uh, had Spencer Rattler first team, second team, third team. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I get it. There's some talented quarterbacks in the league, but if you really think Spencer Rattler is going to have the kind of year that Gamecock fans hope he's going to have, you can't tell me at that point you wouldn't be in the running for some of those accolades. But there's still a look. I get it. Um, again, looking at it from a, a ten thousand foot view, people people don't the, the national people don't just say, "Well, clearly he's going to play like he did the last few weeks of the season," and then for you forecast a, that over thirteen games, and then all of a sudden you've got an all SEC, if not all American quarterback. They don't look at it that way. They look mm-hmm. at the final stats and they see a guy with pedestrian numbers. They see a guy who struggled at points during the year in September, October. So that's where that's coming from. But all that means nothing. Like, who gives a crap? I, the whole, like, yep. the whole woe is me. We're not getting enough respect nationally. Just prove it. Just win the game. If you're Spencer Rattler, play a really good game. That all takes care of itself. You know, this whole thing that, like, the media is against this, that, or the other. I've never bought into that. Um, I know the people who vote on these things and care about these things. And, no, they don't have a... A personal agenda against Gamecock football. They just. Oh yeah, they do. No, oh. <laughs> promise, promise you, they don't. <laughs> and I realize, like, there's some people you can't convince otherwise. But oh, come on, Mike. I, I know, you know, know Herb Street hates the Gamecocks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah like, you know. I mean, you know, this I week agree. Greg McElroy is going to be up there. He hates Carolina. If anything, yeah. guys, let me tell you something. If anything, I see more of the. And this is like an easy thing to do now for a national guy. So you go on a Gamecock show and you go overboard and everything is incredibly positive. And Spencer Rattler's great. And Shane Beamer's the best thing ever. Well, then you go on the next day, you go on a North Carolina show and you go, oh, Drake May is fantastic. And Mac Brown's phenomenal. And then you go, so everybody's great and everybody's spectacular. <laughs> and that means the message board's going to love that commentator or analyst as I mean, they're going to love, well, well, who is, who's not great and who's better than whom? Like, so I, I don't put much stock in that either. Like if, if you want to be really popular, with a fan base, you just say everything they want to hear whenever you're on one of their shows or do an article on them. That doesn't mean you truly believe that. That doesn't really, there's no skill in that. There's no, I'd rather you give it to me straight. Like, don't, don't BS me. Just give it to me straight. What do you think? How do you feel? Um, Is, is Spencer Rattler truly going to perform like an all SEC quarterback this year for 12 weeks, or is he not? Yeah. That's what I, and that goes beyond this this game on Saturday. And Drake, after this game, you're not going to be Gamecock fans aren't going to care about Drake May from from Sunday on, right? Because you're probably not going to see him again. You're not going to care for you know you're not going to hear care or whatever. But what you are going to care about is how does Spencer Rattler perform, and how he performs is going to dictate whether this team has got a chance to win eight nine games or whether it's going to struggle to get six, seven games. And as we all know, there's a world of difference between those two scenarios. It's not just two wins. It's how you feel about everything, how you feel about the season, how you feel about the direction of the program, how you feel about all these things. The different Those two games, if you flip from win to loss, changes your entire mood about everything. Mac Brown, if he can get it this weekend, the win over our Gamecocks on this program, it will be his... 100th career win as the head coach at North Carolina. We did uh, step aside quickly, Mike, when we return, 
chew on this during the break. Which quarterback means more to the success, the overall success of his team? Drake May or Spencer Rattler? If one or the other wasn't playing, who'd be in bigger trouble? We'll let Mike answer that here on Inside the Gamecocks. The show served today and now every day moving forward by Chicken Cock Whiskey. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. You hear me and see me every day here on Inside the Gamecocks, and it would be an honor to earn your business. I've been around real estate my entire life as it's somewhat of a family business. I work with an elite team of experts from loans to insurance to closing, and they make my clients and my life very easy. It really is elite. CoastToCoastRealtySC.com is where you can find our staff, and you can always reach out to me here as well. Go Gamecocks. Cool Joe here, and when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget, Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is.
twelve thirty-three. We haven't had pulled that one out in a while, Phil. That um, was unexpected. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co. Power Hour here, presented by the. I'm gonna just say it, Mike. Very handsome Brian Spencer yes. from Palmetto Medicare. Yeah, some Gamecock fans uh, spotted him last Friday, I believe, at uh, Seawells in Columbia, where they had a function there, where a uh, distinguished gentleman from the Big Spur was uh, speaking. I believe that was Hale, if I'm not mistaken, JC. Oh. But uh, but Brian Spencer, we've talked about it before. Uh, if, if you're not of age, you know somebody of age, chances are you care or love someone of that age that is either getting ready for Medicare or already has a Medicare uh, plan set up but is not getting the most out of it. That's why you want to call Brian, 803-960-9484. Might be the most important call you make for you or that somebody in a long, long time. 803-960-9484. Brian will cover as much, uh, make sure that as much of your Medicare costs are covered as possible. Discuss the best plan for you. Again, he's been doing this since 2005. It is a South Carolina business. He is a South Carolina guy. And again, you want the best people on your side to help you through this process. You can also check out the website, palmetto-medicare.com. Brian Spencer, for all his well, foibles and deficiencies, this is one thing he does excel at. Take advantage of him excelling at that very one thing. Uh, since 19... <laughs> <laughs> He's a hedgehog, man. He's a hedgehog. <laughs> Poor Brian. Poor Brian. He's a hedgehog. You guys have heard the fox and the hedgehog, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, the fox, Brian, is crafty and does all kinds of things, but then the hedgehog is really good at one thing. Yeah, and, uh, that's the hedgehog. You so could make the argument that's what you'd rather be in life, right? Uh, like, in business, you want hedgehogs business, to work for you. Yeah, that's exactly you'd, you'd right. Have hedgehogs. You don't need a jack of all trades, which there's no question. Brian Spencer of Palmetto Medicare is not a jack of all trades. Like CrossFit and Medicare, like that. That's what he does. Football and crab ca- crab cakes. That's what Maryland does. To use a wedding crashers line, uh, CrossFit and Medicare. That's what Brian Spencer of Palmetto Medicare does. Fair enough. Right. Fair, Fair enough. enough. And he, the very handsome Brian Spencer. Brian, thank he you is, for what you. Thank you for what you do for everybody, not necessarily what you do for us, what you do for the great state of South Carolina. Gamecocks, 8-3 and three in their last 11 ball games against North Carolina. The last six, th- t- or since 1970, these two programs have played each other, Mike, six times when one or the other was ranked. South Carolina is 5-1 in those six ball games this weekend. North Carolina is the ranked team. But I asked you before the break, which one of these quarterbacks is more important to the overall success of the twenty of their twenty twenty three season? Is it Drake May or Spencer Rattler? In other words, if one of them, God forbid, right, was yeah. unable to play, who's in bigger trouble? Well, I mean, so that question has some nuance to it, right? So, okay, I I saw the Tar Heel backup quarterback situation up close. It it's not great. So, okay, if Spencer, if it was announced on Friday that Spencer wasn't going, who's who's going to get the reps? Uh, well, first is going to be uh, Luke Doty. Yeah, Doty. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, 
Doty's got experience. He's started games before, very athletic. We know that. I, I mean, I would say that the Gamecocks would be would be more equipped to with, <laughs> withstand the storm, no pun intended. Um, uh, shout out to Darude. But but neither one of these teams can really afford that, to be honest with you. I mean, it's like most colleges. Like most college uh, football programs, if you lose your starting quarterback, you're up the creek without a paddle, man. You're you're fighting it hard. You can't. You, you need to keep Spencer Rattler healthy this year. With all due respect to Luke Doty, you, you need to have him healthy if you're going to have the kind of season that you want to have. By the way, let me ask you guys a question. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. It, two two part question about this rivalry. Number one, does anybody want the game to stay in Charlotte? Like, does anybody ever want this game no. in Charlotte again? I, no, I sense no, no. no. Okay, so that was a quick no on that. Number two, um, whether it's an eight-game conference slate or a nine-game conference slate, is the appetite there for Gamecock fans to keep this game going even on a semi-regular basis, one out of every three years? Or it's just like, yeah, we're done with it. We don't need it. Uh, you have to understand half the fan base. I think, it's spo- I think it's split. <laughs> half the fan base wants Carolina to play, you know, all, wants to drop Clemson and play nothing well, but you know three. Well, they want they want to do the Kentucky never. scheduling model. That ain't happening. Kentucky's never letting go no. of that one FCS team and the two Max. It's one FCS, <laughs> it's two Max, and Louisville. Uh, and, and I have a feeling Louisville may get dropped if uh, they go to nine. Uh, half half the fan base is that way. The other half they want to play nothing but Power Five teams. They don't want to play Furman or anybody else. Uh, so they're the other way. Uh, I think internally with the administration and with Shane Beamer, most importantly, there is an appetite to continue to play North Carolina, NC State. Uh, they got a home and home with Miami in, in 2026-27. Um, the next time they play the Tar Heels, I think will be in 28 and 29 or 29 and 30. Uh, it's, it's North Carolina home and home, Chapel Hill, Columbia. Or I'm sorry, Columbia and then Chapel Hill. And then they play NC State, Columbia, and Raleigh. Uh, and the last few times they played those teams, it's been in Charlotte. So I, the Charlotte thing, there's nothing else scheduled. So unless they go to the Mayonnaise Bowl again, uh, this will be the finale at Bank of America for quite some time. I thought it was – C.C. Spurrier kind of came up with this idea when he got to South Carolina because he doesn't like North Carolina, even though he would have taken that job. <laughs> when he was at Duke, you know, that was his big rival. He's like, shoot, they ought to play it at the Panthers Stadium and let us play North Carolina. And so he pushed to get them on the schedule. It was home and home to begin with. Then they did start scheduling these Charlotte games. Um, and so this is the third time they've played the Tar Heels in Charlotte in the regular season, fourth time overall. Uh, opened with them in 2015 in a game Carolina had no business winning. They won. Uh, had no business losing in 2019. They lost. Mike? You saw how distraught I was after that one because you were there. You <laughs> were there with me at the yeah. watch party in Atlanta, uh, and and then the bowl, the the Mayo Bowl uh, a couple of years ago. So I, I think South Carolina fans want to play the game, but mm-hmm. I, I I think right at this point, after I think they have Charlotte fatigue a bit, and I think uh, having a home game at Williams Bryce against the Tar Heels would be something they'd embrace, and then going to Chapel Hill, which is a great road trip. I mean. It's beautiful. Last time South Carolina played up there, it was in like early October. Leaves returning. It's nice and cool. I mean, that's a gorgeous setting for a football game. Uh, 
truth be told. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think they 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 you know depending on what side of the fan base you're on as far as easy or difficult schedule, you want to keep it going. And I, and I think Coach Beamer and the administration. Uh, as much as they can, would like to continue to play some of the old ACC rivals. I, I got my, they got Miami coming up. Remember too, twenty six, twenty seven, home and yeah, home he, Miami. Yeah, he mentioned that he, he twenty six, oh. twenty seven. Uh, and who knows what Miami is going to look like? And, and then and it's then. North Carolina. It's Miami, then home and home with North Carolina, then home and home with NC State, and then home and home with Virginia Tech somewhere after that. So a whole lot of ACC flavor. Uh, I always say the the fans want the sexier game until you lose it that's it, like, that's where i was going right you're you're I mean, right you're right on it if they never hit mike if this was the first time that they would have played this game in charlotte and carolina this our this carolina south carolina walks in and wins you walk out of that ballpark and everybody in the fan base be going man we need to do that more often that's fun that's right that's right and and, and like so i mean alabama and georgia now we're getting away from these kickoff classic games, as we all know. But Alabama and Georgia love doing it because they always win. So like they rarely walk out of there. Remember when Georgia lost to Boise State years ago in one of those kickoff classic type games? Like that that's that they're a long ways away from there. But but at that point you're you're thinking, why the hell do we schedule Boise State? We just we just ruined our season in week one. Well, barring that, you're when you schedule it and you win, you love it, and it's the it's the best thing ever. And you make fun of you make fun of all the other programs that scheduled a cupcake in week one. But when you lose it, it's like, why do we do this? Risk versus reward. What's the point? Like everybody plays some teams that they're going to be a thirty point favorite against. Why don't we do it? There's not much of a drawback. You strength the schedule is going to be there. If you're the Gamecocks, strength the schedule is going to be there regardless of your non con. Because those eight to nine SEC games are always going to put you in like the top fifteen in, in strength of schedule, and very often it's been top ten. And the Clemson's not going anywhere. So when you add Clemson to an SEC slate, you don't have to schedule anybody else for credibility. But also, if I'm a season ticket holder, uh, I'd rather see a North Carolina on there than an Austin P or a Charleston Southern. So. I, I think you can go back and forth on that, but I was just curious. I mean, the, because I think the national media, a lot of it looks at this, like this Gamecock Tar Heel thing is just major, major rivalry, but I, I don't think that's necessarily the, I mean, Gamecock fans have much more important rivals to worry about than what they're doing in Chapel Hill. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot to unpack in all this, Mike, because you've got, you got a couple of things at play here. I, I by the way, I am a, in a, in a, per, in a perfect world, in a perfect college football world, I want to see my the team that I pull for at least play twelve games a year that are exciting, and by that they don't necessarily all have to be Power Five games, um, but it would be neat if they were because it it is in in just from a I don't know a hype level the love of college football level it's. As exciting as it is to sit in your ballpark and watch your team play against whomever that may be, Furman, Wofford, or whatever, at seven o'clock on a Saturday night, you know you're you're also doing it at the expense of watching that, you know Alabama and Texas, even though you want to see your team play, um, but you're also missing all these great games. So there's like a component there that kind of tears at me internally. At the same time, the other side of that is I would hate to see those games go away because. 
I'm a big fan of the Citadel and South Carolina State and all these other pr- smaller programs in all these states receiving big checks from these schools that can afford to write them. It helps keep their programs going. Mm-hmm. Unless there's some TV deal that shows up out of nowhere and decides that they're going to pay all these guys a whole lot more money to put them on TV. And the only way they're going to do that, Mike, is if they're willing to play during the week, which a lot of them probably at this point in time aren't willing to do unless the money's enough. But that's a story for another day. Well, I just um, had one thing, like uh, what JC was saying about Kentucky, is that Kentucky doesn't really – like they don't have a border rival out of conference that they can really make that work. Like their big one's Louisville. But there's nothing sexy about Kentucky playing – I don't know. Like Ohio State's not even going to think about it. And Indiana. West Virginia. I, West Virginia. Yeah, I mean that just – like. South Carolina, North Carolina is almost too simple. It just it just makes sense from that. You've got the border. You've got SEC, ACC. And, oh, by the way, you've got a program in the Gamecocks that were in the ACC for several years. You've got a huge Gamecock uh, fan base and alumni base in Charlotte. Uh, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, it's the largest uh, city for uh, – uh, largest alumni group of any city in the country. Outside of in, Columbia. Yeah. Outside of the state of South Carolina. Yeah. Outside of the state of South Carolina, I, I should have uh, stipulated that. Yeah. Um, although, I mean, even Columbia's it, you know, a city it, of it, what, 700,000? I think there's yeah. 17,000 in it, 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 it used to be Atlanta. It used to be Atlanta, Mike, but uh, just recently, Charlotte. Charlotte, took uh, okay. Them, you know, and, there, and I know living in Atlanta for the last 12 years, there's a ton of. I mean, you. I can't get in my car. This should make everybody listening right now feel good. Um, I can't get in my car. And I drive around a lot in Atlanta. And if you're if you live here, if you've been here, you know to go five miles can be a half hour. Uh, but whenever I do, there, there's not a time that goes by where I don't see a Gamecock license plate, a Gamecock sticker, a Gamecock flag. There is a major presence here in Atlanta. I mean, sometimes I feel like I, I never left Columbia. There's there's a ton of fans. It's such a great city for college football. I call it the mecca because it's such a melting pot. But make no mistake about it, Atlanta's very well repped uh, in the ATL for sure. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, South Carolina and North Carolina lends itself to that type of matchup. So I wasn't trying to, um, you know, poo-poo the, the game. I just wonder if the appetite is there to, to keep playing it versus would you want more fresh matchups against other teams. Um, you already mentioned the other ACC teams that are on the slate. But um, – but yeah, I just I just I, wonder what the future I, of this is. I don't I, care about him. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, I, I I think I know what you're going to say. I'm probably well, right. They, they were talking about playing West like before this nine game stuff happened. They were, you know, all the SEC schools were kind of upgrading their future non conference. They were talking about playing West Virginia for a while. That was in the works, and I think they're just kind of everybody's sort of on pause to see what the league does. Uh. I don't know that the Gamecocks are ever going to be as adventurous scheduling as say they were in the 1980s when they play Michigan, Notre Dame, Southern Cal, whoever. Uh, what yeah, they were seeing them. They were an independent dude, though. Independent. Yeah, I mean, you had the, you had the room. It, they they primarily played an ACC schedule. They, they're like Notre Dame. They play like four or five ACC teams, and then Clemson, and then you know, apps. But I mean, like you, you don't. Power t- to your point, JC, and I don't even, you know, for you, you and Mike would know more about this than I would. I don't know why. Like, why is Auburn at Cal this year? What did they have to schedule that game for? There's no reason to play that game. Like, just to be different. 
just to yeah, but, that, but, but but that's ridiculous. It's doing nothing for him. Nothing. Well, I, I you you might be. I mean, JC can speak to this better than me. You might be able to sell a kid in recruiting. Hey, we got a we got a free trip to California coming. Like, got people do love going to California temporarily, <laughs> not necessarily I mean, living there. Okay, but I mean, I, 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 you know, I, and, and it's a dub, and and, and it's it's a dub. It's it's if you if it's Auburn Southern Cal again, Should. you might ruin your season in week one. Um, in fact, you would this year. Auburn would not stack up very well against <laughs> yeah, no. Trojans. Although Lincoln Riley, to JC's point last week, still doesn't believe in defense. Um, but but if you schedule Cal, you still get the, the trip to Cal, and I'm I'm assuming there's a return game. Uh, you can say you beat a packed team. Did they? I don't even I don't remember if they did. But you, you could say you played a packed team, right? A Power Five team, and oh, you know you're winning. You know you're you, you know you're picking maybe. up a dub. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, this year lose. Yeah, but, talks, but, but if, you go, if you go based on that, you'll never schedule anybody. Well, look, like, look, here's here's South Carolina has a trip in what is it, JC, twenty thirty one, to App State. Why would you play that game? They're not get out of it. Get out of it. Get out of it. I don't like that one at all. I get out of, it. Way out of that. That yeah. that game at East Carolina they played in twenty twenty one had been been pushed back. Like they were supposed to play that during way. the Spurrier era. It got pushed back. Like, and man, they signed Every that year. deal. Like when <laughs> yeah. Skip Holtz was at East Carolina, I remember his yeah. first time. Oh, good to see Skip Holtz again. <laughs> she was like, "This is gonna be uh, someone else's problem." And then, then it, it, it happened on year one of the Shane Beamer era. They went to Greenville, <laughs> yeah. escaped by the skin of their, you know, <laughs> teeth. Colonel uh, Zeb and uh, Dakarion. Uh, not not gonna. Not, I mean, they're not gonna. You know, they're, they're, they, you know, that App State game will never be played. I mean, it's just no that, that stadium. I was sitting there scratching my head, wondering how in the world because Boone is. A, I mean, Boone would be a nice trip, right? How are you going to fit fifteen thousand plus Gamecock fans? Well, you're not into that state when you only see twenty five. I mean, now then again, Miami and North Carolina have played over there. I mean, so I don't know, but uh, I, I think stuff like that, unless it's like to to Tulane, like you go to Tulane and play. Uh, I know Ole Miss is doing that to open this season. Let's well, New Orleans. It's a nice trip. I know South Carolina went to UCF a few years ago. That's Orlando. It's a nice trip for people. Mm-hmm. But uh, my favorite road trip, so we're just say, if you're going to take a road trip like that, man, do do like uh, do like LSU did a couple of years ago. Play Washington. That's one why? of the <laughs> why. <laughs> That's one like, of the greatest. Uh, again, there's two conversations. The fan side, I'd love to go out there and watch a game. I've heard it's beautiful. It'd be awesome. I'd I've like been to the, go play at Wyoming. It'd be beautiful. I've been to the campus oh, before. Yeah, I've been to the campus before. It's uh it's uh you see right there on Lake Columbia where the boats tailgate. Tennessee thinks the volunteer navy is all this super duper. Oh, they have nothing yeah, on Lake Columbia when when they call them the dogs, the huskies play. Um but like why yeah. though? What would you get out of I mean what what are you going to gain? 15,000 hell-raising Cajuns got to go to the fish market. Yeah, but and, who cares about the fans? And, and I mean, I'm talking about the game. What are you getting? You, what are you getting? Your football team, what do you get out of it? I think with some of these I, – I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, if, I you're, think, if you're Clemson or Florida State, you get something. The ACC doesn't have a whole lot to offer. In the SEC, you don't need that. Clemson's not adventurous, though. I mean, they don't – They, you know, I mean – and look, different schools have different philosophies because so – like uh, Georgia, when Damon Evans, who's one of the worst athletic directors in in all of college athletics, uh, when he was there, they went on this run where they were like, we're going to schedule nationally, right? Georgia. And they weren't used to it. 
Said a home and home with Colorado. They lost one of those games. A home and home with Oklahoma State. They lost one of those games. Home and home with Arizona State. They swept that one, but uh, Arizona State scared the bejesus out of them in Athens all during the rigged era. And then finally, the new athletic came and said, we're not doing this anymore. So they canceled the game with Oregon and, and other stuff like that. So uh, I don't know what you gained by it. Mean, I think uh, I think it just depends on kind of where your program's at, but it, it's hard to tell because, man, these games are scheduled so far in advance. Would Auburn schedule this game, uh, Jamie? They were either coming off playing for a national title in 2013 or they were the best team in the country for those two weeks in 2017, you know, somewhere in that period. So they thought they could handle They didn't know that they were going to hire Brian Harson. <laughs> and uh and, and the program's gonna die for a while and then they'd have to go out to they call it strawberry canyons and play but i mean if you're auburn you shouldn't fear cal i mean come on shouldn't you fear cal. you gotta feel well, like you does should the addition cal. of texas and oklahoma to the sec kind of satisfy that new venue lust yeah i'd schedule ucla I mean, because you get to go play in the rose bowl I tennessee mean, did that and they, they lost and guess what a&m did well, too and they cool. lost yeah, so yeah. I wouldn't schedule that game either. I don't now just what? take a trip to the Rose Bowl. Go to I, 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 July. I'm with Bradford on on the, on the UCLA to get, because because play a Ten- simulated game. Tennessee lost a, to a good Tennessee team with Eric Ainge. Lost to Rick Neuheisel out there. That's at right. UCLA, and then a uh, gosh, Ricky? it was what 2016. A and M goes out there and gets up 35 nothing and loses. Yeah, 45-44. Right. Oh, right. I remember that. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Let me tell you something. That, uh, th- this this conversation could be a moot point because here what here's what I think is going to happen, and here's how it relates to Gamecock land. It's going to be a nine-game slate. It's just a matter of when. The biggest sticking point right now is, although nobody wants to say it, the SEC wants more money for an extra conference game given to the TV networks. Well, this was not a good – year to have your hat in hand asking for more money uh from the tv networks but it it, trust me when i tell you it will happen so now you've got nine sec games and you've got clemson so you only have two games to work with okay one of those has to be a cupcake has to be just for the name of uh, in the name of survival because everybody else is doing it why would you not do it so now you're left with one other game do you really want to make that one other game that difficult? You know, I mean, it's fun for us to talk about major programs. Eh, let's play Southern Cal. Let's play Penn State. Let's play Miami when they're yeah. good. I don't know if you want to do that. You don't. Long term when it goes to nine. Yeah. No, you're you're exactly tough. right, Mike. You do not want to do that. I mean, there's that makes no sense. Build a win in. And because you're not in a league where you have to do that, you don't have to do that in the Southeastern conference. That's right. You don't have to do it. it. No, you don't, you don't have to do it. Now who wants it to your point? You don't schedule games just purely on what the fans want because the fans will also turn on you the moment you lose the game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Who else wants it? Well, TV networks want it because it's, it's better games, better ratings. Well, who cares about that? We're, we're, we're trying to think of what's the best way to, let's just say, get to a 12-team playoff. Um, so all your points are, are valid. And, and I think when it goes to nine, you're going to see the appetite to really play those games dwindle for a lot of programs. And a lot of coaches are going to be a little more 
let's just say discriminatory when it comes to scheduling. They're going to be they're they're going to be less likely to start finding creative matchups that keep the juices flowing and keep your team up, but also could be the difference between you know whatever your threshold number is: eight wins, nine wins, six wins, five wins, ten wins, eleven. Whatever the case may be, is it really worth it? And that's what they're going to have to they're going to have to do the calculus on that. South what Carolina a right, run yeah. through the rigor of the SEC in nine games kind of trump losing to a middling Power Five team at the beginning of the season. Well, that's a uh, with recency yeah, I mean, bias kind of playing into a, that, you know. I, I think the future that's a year by year conversation. I think it's going to alter each year depending on what happens around them with an expanded playoff. Yeah, if you win the SEC, you can lose week one to whatever you know, team out West and you're still in great shape, but that's not the, the scenarios that, that typically Carolina is facing. It's okay. Right. If you lose that game, well, how crippling could that be? Or what if you have that magical year and that, that loss on that creative week one scheduling game is a difference between making it as a wild card in the playoff. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, that just stinks. And I get it. Look, uh, scared money don't make money. So, you know, if you're afraid, get a dog. It's real easy to kind of give those macho statements of like, well, if we think we're big time, then we should schedule big time. But as, as JC can attest on our uh, JC and Morgan podcast, there's a expression that I always go back to the way, the way I know coaches look at it. And if I were a coach, I wouldn't be any different. Path of least resistance. What is going to cause me uh, the most amount of being on the hot seat or uh, overall stress or potential hiccups. I want to stay away from that. I'm taking the other path. And the other path does not mean playing nine SEC games and Clemson and another Power 5 team that can beat me in week one or week four or week whatever. Yeah, these conversations, Mike, they're so they, – they if we were in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, having this conversation right now would be totally different than what we're having here in the state of South Carolina. Because, like, if you compare – and we talked about South Carolina's future schedules. And remember, it's a little bit different because Clemson is built in and they're an ACC team. You could have this conversation, you know, if Clemson was to leave and join the SEC, it might make things a little bit different because uh, a nine-game league schedule is going to give you three non-cons that don't include Clemson. But that's for another day. But when you look, like, at the future of Alabama's scheduling – I mean, it's nuts. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this before. You know, you talk about who they've got this year with Texas on there, and you got to go to USF. Dude. Okay, fine. Next year they go to Wisconsin. Twenty twenty-five, they go to Florida State, and then Wisconsin comes to them. Twenty-six, they go to West Virginia. They host Florida State. Twenty-seven, West Virginia at Ohio State. Twenty-eight, Ohio State at Oklahoma State. Twenty-nine at Notre Dame, hosting Oklahoma State. Like. They, they have, in 2033, they go to Arizona and host Minnesota. Well, there's only like two teams in the country that can do stuff like that. Alabama, I guess maybe three, if you want to throw Georgia, Ohio State LSU. Georgia. Yeah, I Ohio, mean, but like, that's Ohio. it though, Mike. And it goes Ohio back to what State. you've just been talking about a yeah. minute ago. It, it, I mean, a minute ago. You've been talking about this for, how long have you been on my shows? I don't even know, 10 years? Like... <laughs> You've been saying the same thing for every year. So here's the here's a different conversation, but with the same answer. If I asked you today to predict who are going to be the best four teams in college football in 2030, 
I know what your answer is going to be. I'll I know what your right answer now. was 10 oh, years yeah. ago, and it's the same teams that are there today. That's so right. These are the only teams that can literally schedule like this. The rest of us, we can't do it. It doesn't right. help. It and hurts. the difference, the one difference now that that conversation 10 years ago or five years ago or two years ago is that now you don't have to be, you don't have to have a once in a lifetime season if you're a South Carolina to actually get in the playoff beginning next year. Because when it expands to 12, I, I think more often than not, the SEC is going to have at least, I think the SEC is going to have at least, JC's Mike, okay? I think the SEC is going to have at least four teams in year in, year out. So even if you think uh, you're being realistic and you say, okay, well, we got a long ways before we're Georgia, uh, Alabama, or LSU. You could still be that fourth team, maybe some years that fifth team. So now all of a sudden you can go ahead and and make make scheduling to the point where, okay, if we have that magical year, even if college football continues to be insanely predictable, we can still make we can still make the playoff. There's still a path where with a four team playoff, there for almost you know, for ninety something percent of college football programs. There really is no path to the playoff if, under a four-team format. And it's just it's just not. I mean, I, I get it. TCU was the one Cinderella, and they got beat by a 10,000 points in the title game. But but that's not happening again uh, this year, I don't believe. And I don't think it would happen much at all if we kept going with this four-team playoffs. But with 12, it really does open the door for those next level, those next tier of programs to have that magical year and to get in. And it's going to be open even more. Because that 12, the way that it's picked, is changing. There's no way they're going to let it go forward with how they set it up before all this conference reunion. No, that's all, yeah, that's already being discussed yeah. to tweak for sure. I think it's going to be four. I think it's going to be the top four conference champions if they leave it at 12 and then eight at large. Yeah, the only, the only reason I think they went to six in the first place, or one of the biggest reasons, is there's always the threat of litigation that was the that was the now whether or not I'm not a lawyer I don't know if they had a case or what have you but if you went through with a 12 team playoff and said it's just for the power 5 auto and then everybody else and you never had any group 5 teams in it then there was going to be a lawsuit of some kind whether or not they'd win I don't know by by making it 6 you were guaranteed at least one group five team was in that playoff every year. So if you tweak it to say four, how do you how do you still make sure there's a group? I think they want a group five team in. I think well, they want still, to get I think that. they'll still get one with twelve. Well, they could. Uh, well, I mean, theoretically they could, or theoretically they could not. If I'm taking the top four conferences and I'm taking eight wild cards, what's to say the eight wild cards? have no group five teams what's to say the eight wild cards are chock full of sec big 10 and then an an acc and big 12 well maybe they just take the top 12 teams and say the hell with it you know i don't know i don't know what they're gonna do 
Yeah, they could do that. They could roll the dice too. and just allow a you know group five in there, and hopefully one will be like undefeated over the next couple of years. That way, the first year it doesn't happen, they can just point back and say, "Hey, I mean, you know, we were letting them in when they were doing it, but they're not doing it this year." So, well, here's the other reason why I think they they really want the conference champion. They want conference championship games to mean to ma- something to matter to yeah. matter. Yeah, I, they I want you that. tuned in with something at stake, and so. Yeah. Uh, you know, to, to get the wild card, to like all those, every everything means something. It's not just another game for a team that's already clinched a playoff trip. So I think they want to keep that part of it very uh, relevant, as opposed to just spitting out like we did in the BCS days: garbage in, garbage out. Uh, here's seven computers and a bunch of biased pollsters coming up with who the top teams are, and then we just go one through twelve. That's and that's our seating. And then the conference champions really mean nothing. No. I, don't, I had no idea where we were going today, but I liked it. I enjoyed it. Oh, well, I did. I need, I need I some uh, chicken cock bourbon. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I had my. I was supposed to pick it up tomorrow, but naturally we're about to get hit by a tropical storm slash hurricane. So I guess <laughs> we'll pick it up on Thursday. <laughs> no time like prison. Whatever. Uh, JC, the reason that he disappeared, guys, is he has a uh, another media engagement that he commits to. I don't know why he does what he does on Tuesdays, back to back to back <laughs> like that, but I can't answer that question. He's the true Mad Max. I called Phil Mad Max. <laughs> JC right. is the Mad. He is going beyond Thunderdome. Because he does yeah. 1075 in the morning, doesn't he? I mean, he that's does, how it yeah. kicks off. I'm like, golly, that's yeah. early with Bill Gunner when you live in Central Times. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Mike, as always, been a pleasure, my man. We'll do it again on Thursday, and we'll make some weekend picks, starting with Thursday night football, uh, headlined by Utah and Florida. Yeah, yeah. You want to you talk about a fan base that'll be um, on edge if they lose that one? Florida fan base coming you off think? six and seven. <laughs> nah. Woo! I don't see it. In a hurry. They're going to get Billy all the time he needs. That's right. Yeah. As Just in, look at all these recruits. Three years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three years. All the that's time. all the time. And yes, 36 three. months will be about enough for them to make sure they make a, a very educated decision. Man, no kidding. Thanks, Mike. All right. See you guys. There you go, Mike Morgan with ESPN and the SEC Network. We are served by Chicken Cock Whiskey and Live from the Sinorama Studios and always built by our friends at thebarndominiumco.com where you can build that dream home for as low as $160 per square foot. Tomorrow, we've got our friends from Park Avenue on. A ton of new deals to announce right before the kickoff of college football season. And certainly looking forward to that. Spencer Rattler today with a quiet confidence about him. We'll talk about that tomorrow as well. Can't wait for the rest of the week. Kickoff coming up on Saturday. Until then, for JC, Mike, and Phil, I'm JB. We'll see you tomorrow at 11. Download that Chief Sports app and watch Sports Talk tonight at 6. We'll see you tomorrow.